this is the Atypical Mom Podcast, and I'm Nicole Birch. I'm Mikkel Lee. And we're just two typical moms raising exceptional needs children, and we want to encourage you to do the same. So today we are going to talk about exceptional needs parenting or exceptional needs marriage in a crisis. Yes. Crisis <laughs> management. Crisis management. How on earth do we handle what is going on when we already handle a lot? We get to feel normal for the first time ever. That, that is, she called me. This Kelly's the one that said that. And she called me, Nicole, at home, and she goes, I just realized something. I think it was like 10.30 last night. It was. Yeah. I just realized we're normal now. For the first time in six years for me, <laughs> I feel really normal. Because all of the social protocols that we followed through brain surgery, feeding tubes. Right. I mean, stockpiling supplies. She literally wore charcoal masks at her business. And she works for herself as a hairdresser full time. And she wore masks for over a month. No, I wore them for three weeks. Three weeks. Okay, because her daughter could have not a sniffle for, for her brain, brain surgery. surgery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. she's exceptional at this social distancing thing. I've got to tell you, <laughs> it was groundbreaking for me when I realized oh, I'm normal. Right? All of a sudden, I'm normal. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, everyone else wants to spray people in the face with Lysol. You don't don't do that, by the do way. Do not do that. That's uh, chemicals. Do yes. not do that. But <laughs> I've had that urge to spray the one who sniffles next to me. Right. And then with her sick apocalypse at her house last week, that was not that C word. Don't worry. No. Um, she shared it with my family. So if I sound froggy, it's her fault. And I'm coming off of the frog sound. And she is. So she's coughing. And I told her not to cough into the microphone. <laughs> no. Because that's not nice. No promises. <laughs> <laughs> but she... <laughs> she stood at the window of my car and I'm like spraying my thieves cleaner out the window. <laughs> Ever. We're it's purifying not, the air. It's non-aerosolized. <laughs> it so is not aerosolized. It didn't go very far. <laughs> and she's laughing at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're talking about in the midst of a crisis, what do you do? Well, what have other special needs parents been doing for stockpiling their supplies? Mm-hmm. Continuing services. You know, right. we talked about therapy at home. This is the perfect time to exercise those skills. It is time to practice. And hopefully you have set up a place in your home that can be used as a therapy cocoon of some kind. And that you've been able to sit in on, on sessions and see what the therapist is having them work on. That's why I insisted on being in therapy sessions with my kids. See, I wasn't in therapy sessions with my kids, and the, the homework that they would send home with us usually ended up being sensory things that our son was completely not ready for, like dry brushing. He had such horrendous like sensory processing disorder that I could not put a brush anywhere on him. So when I say sensory, <laughs> like when I say therapies at home, I'm meaning like in the food department. Oh, yes. Food therapy. Go back and listen to our feeding or our no thank you bite. I think it was called feeding the kids episode. Yes. Um, where we talk about how my family, this is Nicole, um, 
we had to do our own food therapy. Now is the perfect time to buckle down and, and practice a little bit. You've got the time. And you're going to have to find a little more patience than normal because I think all of our parental emotions are kind of amped up and the kids are feeding off of that right now. They are. A lot of people in the special needs community that I follow on Facebook, they're, they're super scared. Like, just the parents. It's not even the kids. It's the parents that are super scared. And, you know, those things, those emotions are like waves in your house. <laughs> and they will, they will catch anything and everything, including your kids. And, you know, I keep seeing social stories about how you can, you know, break the news to your children. Um, I'm on team don't. Because at this point, they hear a lot of stuff. Address what's in their head. Answer questions to the right. best of your ability. You need to address what they're fighting in their head and what they're worried about before you start feeding them more information. Because they have very vivid imaginations. And they don't need a whole lot of information to make a complete story in their head. No. Um, Children are awesome like that. They will fill in the blanks. <laughs> it should be your voice filling in the blanks. Yes. And and that means the voice of reason. Yes. Get rid of get rid of what they filled the the blanks with. Like my kids right now, they know the word coronavirus because their father keeps jumping into the living room with another update from, you know, whatever's going on. <laughs> and He's a, he's a news stalker like my husband. My Which husband is, hilarious. is all over it. All it's over hilarious it. because neither of our husbands have like up-to-date news channels to watch. They just stalk whatever they can. Like my husband's favorite news station is the um the homepage on our web browser. The one where it just pops up like news stories. That's his favorite. I'm like, "Why? Nick's is YouTube." <laughs> Because now the handy-dandy little live feature right. makes it so news stations can be broadcast on those. Or his favorite uh, co-host of some show has a new blurb about whatever's going on. Uh, see, I have um, successfully nixed the YouTube live at this point because now they are watching a documentary on venomous sea animals at home right now. See, <laughs> Nevaeh just watched um, Cincinnati Zoo right. had a live about hippos. Yes. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> right? My son has those biography sheets, and we've been learning lots about hippos right? from his biography sheets. Did you know that when they close their mouth, they actually actively sharpen their teeth every time? Ooh. Because it rubs against the other tusk. Ooh. Owie. <laughs> See? But that's, Ooh. I mean, interesting <laughs> things you learn during a health crisis when the zoos and everyone are missing their fans. Right. They're willing to do those, you know, 30, 40-minute lives and give you all this really awesome information. I guess while we're talking about education... Kelly and I both educate our children at home we for various school. reasons, mm -hmm. um, mainly health, health reasons. Social, you know, my son. This is Nicole. My oldest son is on the spectrum. For him, he is too social to be in a mainstream class. He could not function in mainstream school, meaning he his body could not focus enough to actually get any work done. Yep. 
And, you know, I did a post on my Instagram about this the other day. It was a picture of him doing his worksheets. And it takes, he can't even do school sometimes with his own brother in the same room. <laughs> and it's because he is, he is, he does not have ADHD. They've addressed that twice. But what he does have is auditory processing disorder. And his brother makes noises. <laughs> you have to tell them what happened I know. when he was little. I know, right? So they shared a room for six, six years. Yes. They shared a room. And this still makes me giggle. This uh, it is still makes me giggle. And McKinsey came out of his room crying. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, at the time, we didn't realize that McKinley had, like, gigantic tonsils and adenoids. And so he snored. Bad. Bad. <laughs> Which they got addressed. Yay. They got addressed. And they're gone now. But at the time, this was when the snoring had just started. And McKinsey was the only one that could recognize that, that something was wrong. <laughs> and he comes out crying and he goes, Bubba won't stop breathing. <laughs> he won't stop breathing. What do you say to that? Like, I don't know that I could stop laughing long enough to really take it seriously at that moment because it was so just pained. Like, yeah. he won't stop breathing. <laughs> and I'm like, but I don't want him to stop breathing. Like, <laughs> what do you say <laughs> to that? Auntie said nothing till I stopped laughing. Right. Yes. It was that... <laughs> Children are awesome. Oh, I it, love kids. You should try parenting someday. It's wonderful. You will you will have moments like this, I promise. I think we all could write a book of the funniest <laughs> things. So McKinsey's auditory processing is, is quite high, even to this day. We've dealt with a lot of his sensory stuff, his auditory processing. It, it gets him every time. And so when he does school, it has to be quiet. Bubba can't be doing what you know, his annoying noises, and he will find a noise that makes him happy and drives his brother absolutely insane. Like, <laughs> I like how you say that. It makes him happy. Because he's the only one that's happy. Like, <laughs> it just does. Nice. I'll have to use that next time. Right? The noise makes me happy. We're continuing to do this. Yes. And so I posted about how, you know, our very first day, of homeschool, home education, whatever you want to call it. <coughs> he literally had a meltdown to beat all meltdowns because we put the Legos in a box uh -huh. to start school. Right. How dare we? <laughs> and I called my mother back when we finally got to the school part and got it all done. And I go, this is why I am teaching him at home. <laughs> because if he had done that in a public school setting, they would have set him in the corner with his box of Legos. And foregone the school and, that day. And school would have been done. So sometimes as a special needs or an exceptional needs parent, if, you know, if home education could be on your radar at, radar at all, and I was a working mom. I worked overnight, 30 hours a week. My husband was a college student during the day. 
I, you know, I worked <laughs> and I did therapy and we did church and we had life that we needed to do. And I was pregnant for most of that time <laughs> or nursing a baby and we still made it work because we knew that for, at that point, for McKinsey in particular, it was best for him. Right. When we found out that our other two had celiac disease. It became it important became, for yes. food, for, yeah. you know, physical and internal health. Well, because for them, it's not just food. It's, you know, the shaving glue. cream and the glue and the paint and, you know, things. Sunscreen. Yep, that. Pretty much anything you can think of, if they touch it, I would have to know what in the world it was made of or made on. Mm -hmm. And that's exhausting for everybody. Right. So I just cut out the middleman <laughs> and I decided we were going to just stick with this. So there again, back to, you know, the crisis at hand, which yes. is this COVID-19 stuff. Um, we homeschooled for the same reason. Mm -hmm. um, because of lower immunity mm -hmm. for two, we knew at least two of our kids. Nico got everything that came down the pike. Nico and shared still it with gets his everything. Yes. Case in point, of the five of us, the first three to get sick were the ones with autoimmune conditions, brain condition, and feeding, past feeding tube. Right. <laughs> the other two, neurotypical oldest child and husband, they're okay. Right. And we're on day 12 of you know, our own personal social distancing. Right. From family, friends, and everything in between. And really the only reason that this auntie came over to her house was so she could go to the doctor. Because um, I couldn't breathe. Yes, that is how I got this. <laughs> so, so now we're social distancing in the car. I know, she's like, let's podcast in your car. <laughs> Well, that's where we Now that we've already shared the and paired the yucky things. I know. We've, this is where we go all the time. I know. <laughs> we're not in public. We're in the car. Right? In Kelly's driveway. The neighbors are probably thinking, why are they sitting out there talking on to themselves? <laughs> we do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> but home education, is it a scary thing? Yes. Why? Because I think as parents, we don't remember that we taught them to walk, talk, wipe their bottom. Um, we don't also, forget the biting. When yeah. I made a post on my personal page, <laughs> I actually said, you taught them to walk, talk, and not to bite. Yes. You can do this. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of times, and this is, our state is very... Um, they're, they're relaxed, but they're vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but some states are very vigilant of their homeschool population and they have all of these requirements and I think if you've grown up as a parent in that you know this is what's required to be a homeschool parent or to school your children successfully I mm -hmm. think a lot of them believe that it has to mirror a classical school classroom setting and right. that's not the case so I, I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook. I've heard a lot from people local in town here. They're scared because they don't feel prepared. Well, okay, <coughs> most homeschoolers are not going to jump into homeschooling mid-year. No. They're going to wait for next year. Yes. Where they feel some semblance of control. Unless there's a crisis. Right. And so now we're all in the homeschooling boat, and I can tell you it. You know, I don't, 
It took me four years to get my groove. It takes time. Yeah. It's not going to look super cohesive and seamless Mm -hmm. at the beginning, and really there are parts of it that never will. Um, And that's because of the learner, not the teacher. Right. Um, And their style. It's not. It's not necessarily what they're, you know, whether they're capable of learning what you're teaching them. Are you teaching it in a way that they can understand? I have two children that if I don't do it visually, it may not stick. See, and Hosanna, we have to focus on one thing at a time. Right. We can't be adding this subject and that subject and this and that. And it has to be very honed in. And we've learned this from, you know, at three years old, we were doing basic things with her. Because she needed life skills. Right. Because she's the child that got stuck in her shirts and underwear and pants. And, like, when I say stuck, I mean stuck. (laughs) Right. And you would go, how did that happen? Right. So we've been doing something with her since she was three. Because she wanted to do school like Nevaeh. Well, Nevaeh was five at the time. So, of course, she's heading into preschool. She's heading into, you know, these normal ages and stages for a neurotypical child. And we could throw all of the things at her because she could handle it. Well, when it came to Hosanna, we had to pull back really aggressively because she had memory issues. She had physical limitations. She was already in therapies every week. Right. So what does that look like now when you're having to pull back from all the therapies? You don't have the aid of the classroom para who knows, you know, what learning style your child has. Right. What does this look like for you at home? It may look like, they call it, it's a term in homeschool called de-schooling. Or unschooling. Or not, Well, so de-schooling is for kids who are overwhelmed. Okay. Um, and really, it's, it's like a brain break. And one of the recommendations was don't push an academic schedule on a kid that just literally got dumped out of school. Their whole world Yeah, their whole world just changed. So give them a break. Give them a week. Typically right now it's right. actually um, spring break for a lot of schools. Right. So treat it like spring break. Don't panic. Your kids are not going to lose everything they've learned for three months in, in a week. In a week. It's not going to happen. And, you know, I found with my children that if I give them an actual deliberate, I'm not going to have any formal you know, teaching time of any kind. They seek out educational opportunities. Not only that, but what I taught them kind of just sinks in, like like lotion. It just, like, finally sinks in, and it's, like, (laughs) crazy how much they will retain um, when we get back to it. Right. And that looks like reading books, you know, having them available, doing puzzles, things that require them to connect their hand to something and their eyes. It uses a different part of the brain. Um. Baking. Yes. This would be the perfect time, whether you have food allergies or anything. Mm -hmm. You already have those things at home. Bake with them. Cook with them. Make a mess. Yes. Sensory play. Yes. Because even flour and water is a sensory experience that some children cannot handle. Well, and perfect. (laughs) Remember the monster mud? Yes. Cornstarch. Cornstarch and water. It creates that... Solid when you squeeze it and you open your hands and you it, it just, just runs like out. yeah it looks like yep. glue yeah so we called it monster mud when we were what kindergarten and now they call it ooblick yes yes something like that yeah I mean there's a lot of things that you can do that don't look like school 
but that, really are. But yeah. They tick all the boxes. They mm-hmm. do them in public school settings. Yep. Um, play. Right now, play is a stress reliever. Yep. It gets them out of your home. <laughs> or if you have a it. space outside or it keeps <laughs> them in it. We did yoga. Actually, there is um, Cosmic Cosmic Kids Yoga, and all three of my children love it. Mm -hmm. See, and then what's your favorite YouTube history one? It's A Kid Explains History. Right. He is awesome. He's probably 10 or 11 years old now, and he does no more than five-minute videos about a bunch of different subjects on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. My husband liked him so much he subscribed to it. <laughs> Which is a big <laughs> Which deal. Which I was shocked. It would mess up the algorithm. <laughs> yes, that's what he told me all the time. You're messing up my algorithm. It doesn't show anything on here that I want. That's funny. <laughs> but he did subscribe to that one because he is the enforcer when it comes to our homeschool. Yes, because he is at home. Yes. So, stockpiling. What in the world? Like, really? <laughs> So, I think the other part that parents are having trouble with right now is they don't have notebook paper, construction paper. They've given all of their school supplies to the school. Right. And now the school is locked. Right. They cannot have access to the items. They held your crayons hostage. Yes. (laughs) Because some people just don't have room for those items. So, now on top of food stockpiling, supply stockpiling, (laughs) toilet paper. Um, (laughs) Right. Sorry, I had to. Um, You also have the typical necessities of a school setting are not available at your home. Right. And... Dollar store. Yes, the dollar store is a wonderful place. They even have worksheets. They also have workbooks. They have workbooks that are age assigned. Yeah. Yep, they have ages on the front of them, and they're actually pretty awesome. Yeah. They're, you know, when you look at the standards for your local educational system, they actually tick all the boxes in a lot of areas. They do, and they have, uh, they're my favorite coloring books in the entire world because they have mazes for children like mine that have dexterity and, um, oh, what is the term? Except, uh, losing the term. Fine motor. No, it's executive functioning issues. Two of my children have trouble with executive functioning. And uh, the recommendation was puzzles or mazes. They also have, like, adult coloring books. They do. And I have children. My my one that is very artistic has executive functioning issues and a memory disorder. She loves adult coloring books. And she actually can get, like, in the lines. Well, and on top of that, they have, um, for children that need some number recognition, they have a, a color-by-number books. Mm-hmm. We just got, I think, one for each Nico and Hosanna. And they have mess-free painting books. Yes. Yes. Where you just add water. Yes. And they have the paintbrush that you can just yep. find. It is a wonderful thing. So, you know, a lot of our homeschool extras come from Dollar Store. Yes. Ours also come from there and and pencils I'm loving it more all the time my favorite pens come from there (laughs) yes so you know we as moms her with large family me being a one-income home we find a lot of our extras for schooling as as inexpensive Mm -hmm. as possible um and these things we're talking about the workbooks things like that 
we've stockpiled those throughout the year. We get them as extras throughout the year. I mean, this would be later on down the line something for you to do with kids in um, summertime. Right. It's a good option for fillers in their day. Right. That are not technology-based. Yep. And, you know, my kids don't, they don't use technology. I don't have tablets for my kids. I don't have a, a computer that we use for school. All of our school is either, you know, corporate learning with uh, YouTube videos for documentaries or for, um, like, they learn the days of the week through music. So, or it's worksheet-based. And I do that on purpose because we found that when we've done, you know, a lot of um, pulling back from electronics that it it takes the overwhelm away. Well, and when you're talking about kids with sensory overloads, there is a flicker to the TV. Right. And a, fl- a flash that can be sensory-wise overload. Yes. And so... When that is the core of your schooling right. or the core of your learning, then you can start having some behaviors. Yes. So, you know, the TV, I get this all the time. Does your TV babysit your kids? Um, no, it does not because my kids have other things that they're doing throughout the day. But I know right now schools are having parents do an online. They are. Uh, Yep. Accommodation, let's call it that. Yep. And, you know, I, I've considered those things for my children. At a later date. At a much later date because I need some some focused attention. Like, they flexed that muscle <laughs> before we, we go into that. Well, and, you know, like you said, different kids have different learning styles. Right. So flexing those muscles and, like, having pen to paper, sometimes that's how kids learn best. So if you're confused as to what we mean by learning styles, like we have a kid, my oldest, who is on the spectrum, he could not remember his phone number. He was eight before he remembered it. And the reason he remembered it is because he literally needed to move his body to remember that. And it was as easy as writing the numbers down on paper and having him literally smack the high number, five them. high five it as he he said the numbers in order, right? And I would mix up the numbers so that he had to find them, right? And that which is cross body work, it is, but it's also kinetic learning, yes. is what it's called. It means your body has to move to learn. He needed it all. Mm-hmm. And then with my daughter who has a memory disruption disorder, same thing. She needs all the things at the same time. The Including sign language. Yep. The movement and the talking and the visual all at the same time for that memory to stick. And, you know, those are the types of things that we're talking. These are kids that cannot learn by reading alone. And we get that some of our listeners' children are nonverbal. They right. They may go to a day program instead of a traditional learning establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they do go to a traditional learning establishment, they have a very limited level of for cog- education. Cognition, yes. Um, you know, some have maxed out where they're at. Others are still showing progress. Um, but at a, a significantly limited capacity, we get it. There are conditions, many, many of them, that 
this will not work for. And actually right now I'm really excited seeing all of the things that um, like Scholastic Books right now mm -hmm. has something out for online learning. Right. All these different companies like ABC Mouse, that would be a good option for kids up to, I think, six or seven, mm -hmm. maybe even eight years old. Right. Um, there are other ones right now. They're giving you codes yep. to have access to online books, to online games, to things that will keep kind of the status that you're at right now until you can get back to an education Right, and there facility. are free options. Someone was looking for free books that they could find online. Your local library's website has audiobooks for free, always. They and if have, you have a library card, yep. you are eligible for those. Yep, and you can, literally, you type in your library card number, and it opens up a free, you know, just catalog of books that you can just play and audiobooks count as learning it it doesn't make sense but it does because that's that auditory learning that a lot of kids need need um they need to hear something and audiobooks count they tick that box it also you can, can be learn used as background history. noise yeah but you can learn history through auditory means alone right it's yes. if it's like folk stories yes it is it's oral history that's how for thousands of years. That's how history was translated to the next generation was through stories. Right. So, you know, don't worry about finding the right thing. Just pick the next best thing. And if your school it right now is on spring break, yep. have your spring break at home. Yep. Do the fun things. Be very hands-off with this. Right. Don't think that you need to jump feet first right into it. Right. I'm sure your local school and education facility is sending you emails and phone calls and, you know, giving you lists of things to meet the requirements during this time. Right. But if homeschool is going to become an option for you, Nicole and I both have used, we actually use the same curriculum for mm -hmm. many reasons. Uh, um, plain and not so plain blog is the and one we we're use. not sponsored by her not at all um she actually has a youtube channel her name is amy marion she is not on any other social media as far as i know but she does bi spiral bind her subjects now yes. and they're available on amazon they are if you want to buy it totally prepared you know in order um it's not a complete curriculum no but it's, by subject. it's good and they she actually has a version that is um what she would she would use for like an in between time, where as a filler, it, as a filler, and so yeah, it's Amy Marion and plain and not so plain is the name of her blog, and it's under homeschool resources, and she does not do kindergarten with her kids, which I happen to agree with. I don't think kindergarten do has much of a place at all because really it should all be learning through play. It should be Montessori style, yes. if you know what that means. Yes. Um, and so she calls her first grade curriculum, when you look at the printables, K first grade. Because some kindergartners are ready. Right. I have one that would be if if I would print them out right now. Right. <laughs> um, 
And then I have a child who has had to repeat kindergarten twice because of her memory disruption disorder. Hosanna had to repeat kindergarten twice because right. she literally lost everything after what was to us was a seizure. Right. A significant one. Yep. And so she has, I think, kinder, or her first grade curriculum is 200 pages. Don't go out and print all 200 pages. No. Pick and choose. Figure out what your kid recognizes and print it out. Right. One page. And just do that one page a day because one page is, it, when when they're already in a heightened state of anxiety or, you know, frustration from their schedule being changed, really, you know, it, it, one page a day is an awesome goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meet the requirements for your local education services or your state requirements if you're planning on homeschooling full-time. Um, but even our state has an option as a homeschooler for a part-time kindergarten. Yep, because kindergarten is optional in our state. Which is half the hours yep. required. Yep, which would be like 300. 340, yep. I think, is what it is. Yeah, and we don't have kindergarten is optional in our state. But, <laughs> it, you know, if it's not in yours, this is totally doable. Yeah. Um, and... It goes, she has options all the way up to ninth grade at the moment with, I think she's still planning on doing, you know, finishing out high school. Um, but she has 10 kids and her kids have tested at state level. At or above. Or above. And, and that was them going from a state that never did, you know, standardized testing every year to a state that, that requires they re it. That required it, yeah. And they do the CAT5 test, which is the... California equivalency it's the test. It's the standard for testing equivalency. Yeah. And the special needs teacher in our school district, the former one, um, she moved on to a better position. But she she, she reviewed really, this yeah. curriculum and she used it as a filler for her special education Yeah, class. she really, really loved it and was happy to see that we used it as an option for our children. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just print as you go type stuff. Which is awesome. It or is. you can print in bulk. Yep. Um, but what we're getting at is, right now, I think the heightened emotions are not doing anyone any favors. No. And that's all across the board. Yep. You, you've got this. You yes. know how to do this. You, like we said, you taught them to walk, talk, and not to bite each other. Right. Um, <laughs> if they're still biting, there's probably another reason. Yes. Because... Um, Nico's still a biter. <laughs> and he's uh, six. And five. he's five. Almost six. <laughs> yes. So you can special needs teach your children. And you can do it without losing your mind. I yes. promise. I, it's I'm baby still saying. <laughs> it's baby steps. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. This season of the Atypical Mom podcast is from me, Mikkel Lee the author of My Belly Has Two Buttons, A Very To Be Christmas, I Want To Be President, and My To Be Fairy, all found on Amazon.com and Facebook and Instagram at Mikkel Lee. So in light of the stockpiling situation, we were going to talk about being prepared. How are you prepared as an exceptional needs parent? And that really is going to look different for what the needs are in your house. It's individually based. Yes. Uh, in my house, this is Nicole. I have six children. I'm pregnant. We have uh, 
livestock. <laughs> we have... She's not kidding. I'm not even kidding, no. We have chickens and ducks and rabbits and baby rabbits. And I know, you have a petting zoo. <laughs> I know, we have a petting zoo. And my husband's registered service dog and, and my husband. And so your stockpile needs are going to be greater than mine. Yes, I will look like I'm prepping every single time I go to the store. But I, that's just normal <laughs> for you. It is. I actually got stopped. You did. And I was using the small grocery cart. And I kid you not, it's two micro baskets stuck together with a handle at our local grocery store. And I needed rice. Well, one pound bags will last Don't us like it. half a meal. <laughs> yeah. With this many people. And because my kids love some rice. <laughs> And I got the 20-pound bag of brown rice. That's just normal for And her. that's normal. <laughs> she will buy 50 pounds of oats. Yes, I will. Yes. And and I do it happily. Yes. <laughs> She's the bulk queen. I am. Bulk foods. My thing. So I literally got asked because I had distilled water for my husband's CPAP and my CPAP. And I had three pounds of cheese and again, 25 pounds of rice. 20 pounds or 25 pounds of rice. And number 10 cans of green beans. Two cans of green beans because they don't make, they don't carry big enough bags of green beans at our grocery store. In for freezer it, bags. Yeah, to make it worth my while. Um, <laughs> and then I had a gallon of white vinegar because I DIY all of our cleaning. And I treat my pantry like a grocery store. And we were down to one gallon. <laughs> yes. So she is forever replenishing what has been used and stockpiling for the future. Yeah. So because my children, two of my children have celiac disease, I have to be very conscientious of making sure that we have enough of everything that they can eat. Uh, because you can't rely on the local stores to carry everything within driving distance. Or for a price that makes sense. Right. <laughs> so when we bought our house, it has a room downstairs with shelves everywhere. And I'm, I'm like, jealous yes. of your room. Um, so <laughs> I began the process. Eight months. I kid you not. I've been working on this. I have a video of my pantry on Instagram on my IGTV. But you had the majority of those items even in your tiny apartment. I have yes, we did. And we actually because we do what we what is called uh, the family closet concept, uh, really because I'm lazy and I don't want my children to pull their clothing down all the time because that will make me crazy. Um, <laughs> it, it just cuts down on that. <laughs> so the closet in my room is where all the clothes live. The dresser where their underwear and their socks are lives in my room for the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> because they will pull it out of the drawer and drop it on the floor. Yeah. And so to, to just it, deal with that, it lives in my room. That means that if there are closets in other places of the house, and there were in our 900 square foot apartment, it had food in it. We or had dry goods. Or dry goods, yeah. So cans, and, and we would put a shelf in there that would fit, and the food would go in there. And I think that should be what most people do. If you have extra space in your closet, don't fill it with toys. No. Don't fill it with, you know, things, boxes and totes. And, I mean, if you're using totes to hold the food, then go for it. But I think that everybody should have. How many weeks' worth of supplies do you think everyone should have? You should have 
at least two of dry, two weeks of dry goods. Things you could sustain on from your pantry. Yes. So we can't use a lot of canned food because of processing issues. But what we can, if I find it for a good price, I clean them out. Right. And she's not saying like pandemonium, pandemonium like crazy clean people out like no, toilet paper. No, like she's I buy talking... enough for like three or four meals. Right. Yeah. And so like the other day I could have bought all three cans, three number 10 cans of green beans, but I did not. I bought two because that was two. That like, was four meals. Four for meals you. for my family. Yeah. And so that's a couple you know, days worth, days of, worth of vegetables mm-hmm. Yeah, for a can. Yep. And people didn't, you know, I got asked by somebody, oh, so you're stockpiling? I'm like, no, ma'am, that would have been two giant carts. Right. <laughs> Not the small one. <laughs> I picked the small one on purpose. I knew I wasn't going to be stockpiling. So that when you do, when our world comes to the place where we're at right now. Right. You're not looking at your pantry going, we're going to starve to death. We're eating cardboard in before, like six days. <laughs> yeah, before we can go out and stop social distancing from other people, we're going to be eating, you know, the sheets off our bed. Right. So for Kelly's house, that looks different. They can eat all the things. Now, ramen ramen isn't an, an option at their house. Yes. How I wish that ramen was an option yes. at mine. <laughs> but when we, you know, I almost... I'm almost not happy that we didn't experience a crisis like this while Nico was on his feeding tube so that I could give insight into this. But the other part of that is your DMEs are still they're gonna run. open. Yep. They have to. Yep. They're, they're a company who sustain life. Yep. So you already get a shipment typically delivered to your home. I don't know of very many people who have to go to the DME and pick things up. Things are already going to be shipped to your home. They come either once or twice a month, or we used to get them weekly. Right. Um, Now's the perfect time to iron out DME issues. My sister. I had a lot of them when we moved here. She did. And she ended up having to come to my house and have me drive her because I lived in the town where her DME was delivered out of. Yes. And... So that she could get face-to-face with this person because she was working every time that they were delivering and the deliveries would get screwed up. I have literally chased the delivery van down the street for two blocks. Yes. Because they stopped in our driveway. I thought they were delivering. It was our delivery day. Right. And they just drove off. Well, the facility housing the items was two hours away. Right. So, of course, I am in my slippers chasing the thing down. <laughs> yes. In a very new town. I'm sure the neighbors thought I was a raving lunatic. Um, and the guy opened the van. God love him. Right. Big box truck in our tiny little town. <laughs> and he looks at me. He goes, well, what's most important to you? And I'm like, excuse you? Right. That is above your pay grade. I absolutely love DMEs. They serve a huge purpose. And at that moment, that was not the question he should be asking me. I was very sad with how I spoke to him later. But he didn't need to decide what was important for my my son. Right. Because all of the supplies that your child needs are important. Are important. 
for whatever reason. Yep. And they should have been delivered when he was in my driveway. I was joking with Kelly that if if they were still receiving DME, that she would get to know her DME driver again because yes. he was always delivering when she was not there. Yes. <laughs> but I also... Like I told Nicole, right now, their offices, they're not going to be open to the general public. Their no. doors are going to be shut. So having an email address, having a phone conversation with the owner of the company, if that's what it takes, ironing out any supply issues, they, can, the they can always reroute from other facilities. They rerouted one from Idaho when we didn't have enough in the local Montana office to yep. fulfill my son's needs. After we had ironed out all of the issues and I knew the owner of the company by name and could call him in a heartbeat and he'd answer me right back. No shame in that. None. No. Um, <laughs> this is what, as a mom, you know, getting supplies and needs met. Yes. It's important. Right. And... It started off as a rocky relationship, but we had a good working relationship at the end. At the end. And yep. I think right now, you're going to have a lot better customer service over the phone for the people in the facilities because there is that barrier. You're not right in front of them. They don't need to be scared of people coming in and out of their facility. Right. The delivery drivers, it's a very isolating job being the delivery driver. You drop the supplies off. Maybe you have to sign for them. Maybe you don't. It just depends on the company. And it's a very hands-off. They're all in sterile packaging. They're all typically made locally or housed in or made in a facility that has huge safety, cleanliness, hygiene standards. Yep. So those things have not changed. Well, and if you're really concerned about the driver touching your boxes, you know, this, this virus doesn't last for more than four days. Use gloves, move it into an area of your house where nobody's going to be at, and let it sit for four days before you open it, if you possibly can. Spray the boxes Spray down. Spray the boxes down, because everything in it is individually wrapped. Yes. So, and hospital grade. Yes. So you don't have to be scared that what's going to walk into your house is potentially going to contaminate your family. Right. And... You know, that's the part of this special needs life is that we're all kind of on high alert right now. We're high alert. And, you know, with my husband and his needs are, are basically mental. So he needs that face-to-face -face conversation every week with his therapist. And telehealth may is going to be your that. friend. Yeah, we, we're probably going to have to resort to phone calls and telehealth. And that's kind of where we're at. Right. So, you know, I keep hearing self-care with moms and... What animal is that? I know, right? It's like a magical <laughs> unicorn that does not live at my house. I know, right? <laughs> this mom, she asked in particular, she was talking about homeschooling and all the things that she was going to have to take care of her special needs child all by herself, meet all of their needs. How was she going to get her me time? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it would not matter how many children I have. With my children being home full time and my husband being home full time and me being home full time, my me time is a.m. p.m. <laughs> or moments like this where we're in a car and where, there's yeah. no tiny people. Yeah. Self-care does not look like trips to the spa. The spa. 
and Kelly works at a spa, and she can say that. It doesn't. I've had one massage in the last six months, and I work at a, a place that offers them. <laughs> yes, with lots of people that yes. offer them. And, you know, I don't like massages. I'm that weird person. I don't want people touching me that much. I just don't. This is Nicole. <laughs> and it does not relax me to have that happen. And frankly, my feet are so ticklish that I quit getting pedicures 15 years ago <laughs> because I don't want to kick people. <laughs> so it, self-care does not mean pampering. No. Self-care can be reading a book for 10 minutes for It yourself. means that I didn't do dishes because I am going to sit down. Yes. <laughs> That is self-care. That is. Um, I get my shower this week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. We hey, would hope you get a shower this week. But sometimes. Yes, I get it. Things the hustle happen. and bustle. And you know what? I don't feel bad. I don't ever time my shower. Nope. Ever. Nope. <laughs> All I'm picturing is like the movie Signs where the tiny hands of the alien are under the door. Right. Like, that's pretty much my life. <laughs> my kids, I'm not kidding. Anytime we're home. I, I had a shower, and I cleaned the baby while I was in there, because showering with the baby is a nice thing. It makes them not scream. Just side note there. Um, and I'm not kidding. I think there were, like, three kids that walked in and out of the bathroom. Someone always needs something. But they did not open the shower curtain. Oh, mine Good still. Good for them. Mine still do that. <laughs> Nico especially. I think my husband even walked in. <laughs> He's like, oh, are you in there? I'm like, yep, I am. <laughs> so what we're getting at is self-care looks different for everyone. And in the midst of, you know, this homeward bound shut-in, um, you know, quarantine business, right. me time is going to be few and far between. And it's going to look like a lot of just... Moments. Yes, little moments where you can just rest and quit trying to clean everything. Quit trying to organize everything. Just sit down. Just sit down. Have a moment. Yes. Have a cup of coffee or yes. tea or a glass of water. Yes, water. Drink your water. Yes. yes. Yep. We have to work really hard at getting these moments to do podcasts. You know, as Nicole, a stay-at-home mom and a stay-at-home caregiver, and then me working outside the home. But it's been really hard for me to even rest and stay healthy right. during our 12 days of being, you know, isolating for influenza. Um, although right now I totally sympathize with my son for silent aspirations because I aspirated when, we, when I was stomach sick. Mm -hmm. And ended up with aspiration-induced bronchitis. bronchitis. Yep. Um, which I don't know. Nicole knows this. I've been having trouble swallowing. Right. For I, probably three years now. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of didn't realize it the first few years. Just limped along. And in the last six months, it's difficult for me to swallow food. It's difficult for me to swallow medicine. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for me to swallow really anything. And things feel like they get stuck. So this was the first time that I was sick where I actively knew I had inhaled something. Right. Um, so I completely sympathize with my son right now. And Nicole actually asked me, did Nico's swallowing issues come from you? I'm like... 
Who knows? At this point, it very well could have. (laughs) I'm surprised it's happening now. But, you know, I'm probably looking at a lot of the same situations, testings that my own children have had in the near future. Yep. So it's very difficult for me to let loose and kind of let go of control. Right. And so I'm I'm struggling with the getting the few minutes away from my kids because right. I'm so hyper fixated. Um a year ago Hosanna when she had a fever, she collapsed and we talked about this in the education portion where Hosanna actually lost all of the skills she learned in school. Right. In that year and she was in, you know, kindergarten, quote unquote. Um but she spiked a spontaneous fever of 105 afterwards. Right. We had been checking her for fever before. She didn't have a fever, but on the ambulance, she had 105 fever. Mm-hmm. And like three months later, she had her Chiari brain surgery. Well, then we were on four month protocol of if she spikes 101.4, we immediately have to go to the doctor and, you know, she could have meningitis. So right. now I'm like fever scared. Right. Plus my kids still choke. Hosanna and Nico have been choking for the last 12 days aggressively. Um, so my kids have been in my bed so that I can hear them. Which means nobody's sleeping. Which means no one is alone ever. <laughs> uh, so right. self-care has not happened for 12 days <laughs> other than a shower or two. See? A shower? Yeah. It counts. And even then, it was my husband, like, lording over them, making sure they're fine. We tried to put Hosanna in her own room last night, and she was choking so bad in sleep that I ended up bringing her to the bed. Yeah. And propping her up a little bit, and yeah. And see, I, because our children, you know, don't, they cannot have gluten, and medications in the at least in the United States are not <laughs> labeled for gluten contamination or ingredients. <laughs> um, we have to be, you know, our our stockpile for, you know, easing symptoms and supporting our immune system looks totally different than at Kelly's house. My house, we can do some of the Tylenol, Motrin, things like that. Right. Um, we also use essential oils, but that is Nicole's majority. Yes. my The majority of the things that we use are very plant-based, and that is to support specific areas of the body. I know that there is a very gray... And ease symptoms. Yeah. I know there's a very gray area for many people when it comes to essential oil use and, and homeopathy in general, but... Because of our children's limitations, it is, in my opinion, the safest option for us. Um, And that is what we are delving into right now. (laughs) If you're interested in that, she shares their um, essential oil journey in home health um, and wellness. Yeah. um, The hashtag. On Instagram. Yep. The hashtag Treehouse Essentials on Instagram will um, actually bring up the the immune boosting tea that we drank this morning that my children actually didn't spit out so yay the picture of it looks sparkly somebody goes it looks like butter (laughs) i thought it was like 
thickened somehow. No. Which kind of frightened me a little bit. I looked at it. And I'm like, I should have just said it was bone broth. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> that that would have made me a little less wary. <laughs> well, because, so again, essential oils, I am with a specific company that it has essential oil and a whole line labeled for internal use um, called the Vitality line. And so I did that line in their tea this morning. And I mix my children's essential oils with oil. Because it dilutes Because it. it dilutes it, but it also make you know, there's a reason they call oil a carrier oil. So it carries that oil in and doesn't let it just sit on soft tissues in your body. Like mouth. Like your tongue. mouth and your tongue and your throat and even your stomach. And... So that is my way of making sure that I'm doing my part for my children. Um, so I mixed their oil, their essential oils with oil in their tea. And they had no clue. Even my sensory kids, they're like, this is good, Mama. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in, in global um, situations like we're in now, you can sometimes get information on how to get a certain number of months of medicine. Right. When you are required to stay home. Right. Or to have it shipped to you if you have a home address that they can actually ship to a mailbox. Right. Um, but in a lot of cases, you're still restricted to like a one or two month supply max. Right. On very heavily regulated medicines. See, my husband is on a medicine that we cannot get more than a month at a time. Right. And so thankfully he has an option where it come it can come through the mail if that's what we had to do. Right. Um if our local pharmacy for some reason didn't open. Didn't open. Um but I don't think again, I think that's one of those businesses where they know that people have zero options when there's one pharmacy in town. Right. But what we're getting at is stockpiling, right. you know, for situations like this as parents. I mean, it's not even special needs. This right. this translates to the children or people in your life who are not special needs or exceptional needs. Right. You have to prepare for everyone. And yes, it's hard. It's overwhelming. It's scary. All we want is for things to return to normal because that's been our comfort zone. Um, and honestly, we're living in a new volume of chaos. We are. Um, Kelly actually has a chaos special going on. What is that? So we actually have a book, a free book today. Yes. There will be two books. So the books that sponsor this podcast right now. Um, and when she says sponsor, she means that she talks in the middle of our podcast to tell you about her books. There yeah. is no money involved. There's no money involved. <laughs> well, buying equipment, parts of it have been my responsibility, but that's always the case. Right. We split that <laughs> we evenly. We do. Um, but we don't make money from no, this. No, we do not. <laughs> <laughs> if you but, buy her books, that would be cool, though. Yes, it would. But these are free. They so are, yes. I, ca I called it the shut-in special yes. on the first day because <laughs> we had been staying home at that point for 11 days. Right. And so today, you can get a free copy of the book. This is Monday. Uh, March 16th. March 16th. So the sale for books, getting a free ebook on Amazon, will end the 20th. But this book, it's My, my To Be Fairy, 
It will still be running on Tuesday as and a free copy. And it is her newest book. Yes. So this one has not been available for free before. Nope. Um, and it is a feeding tube fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And we hope it will make feeding tube button changes and, you know, just tube changes in general a little easier. Um, it has an additional book, like an add-on for it, mm-hmm. called... Um, the Tubi Ferrant's Guide to Tubi Buttonry. Fairy Buttonry. <laughs> oh, Fairy Buttonry. There we go. <laughs> yes. So it's an ebook add-on um, that is also available on Amazon, but it has PDF copies of different things we've made to go along with your t- your feeding tube fairy tale journey. Um, and the next book, so this week we've actually done the two books I illustrated myself. Right. So the newest the third book in our series, in our My Belly Has Two Buttons series, is I Want to Be President. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot of the president on TV lately. Right. And in the news. <laughs> so this might be a perfect time to dream of your child being president in 2020. Right. Um, Nico for president. Nico for president 2020. <laughs> um, <laughs> that could be fun. Right. And so <laughs> it's my I Want to Be President, T-U-B-I-E. Yep. And it will be available Wednesday through Friday. Yes. And then I actually have a book where I show people how I built my gluten-free pantry. And it is called The Easy Start Guide to Gluten Freedom. And you can find it by that title or under Nicole Birch on Amazon. You also wrote what other book? I wrote a book called If I Were Deployed. If I were deployed. <laughs> My brain is gone. I don't I feel good. Um, if I were deployed, and <laughs> Kelly is the author, or not author, the illustrator of that book. So all the little pictures in it are by her. And I I wrote this book when my husband was active duty. And he, he was set to deploy. We actually got orders to Guam, I think, after I wrote this. Mm-hmm. And then they got canceled. But... You know, he was supposed to be gone at, you know, at some point in the next year. So I wrote this story as if my kids were deployed. And I only had boys. From so, their perspective. You know, from their perspective. And one part of the book, it's um, the very, the opening line. And it's done in, like, poetic fashion. So it says, if I were deployed, I would miss me a lot. My smile, my laugh, I would sleep on a cot. So it's funny. It can be for any branch. I, you know. It's very open-ended that way. And we actually have images from family members with their name tags on them. Right. um, From different branches. The only ones we didn't have direct uh, family members for was Marines. But we even still have a desert camo hat. Yes. um, And my husband was stationed at a joint forces base. So I wrote it so that. You know, the RAF could have it, or the Australian Army, or, you know, even the Israeli Army would come to the base my husband was at. So I wrote it so that it would work for their kids, too. I mean, the pictures are specific to the United States, and there's a little kid with a USA flag, but it's really just a story about a kid whose dad is in whatever military branch, and he's gone for some reason. So all of these books give visual representation right. to different things that our lives have been involved in. Right. Um, so, yeah. And they all are ebook. Yes. You know, available. 
And, you know, if you are having, um, so an option for my book is that, you know, you could get the hard copy and then the ebook copy. And when we're dealing with social isolation, those options, having both options, are phenomenal ways to connect. Right. Yeah. You've been listening to the Atypical Mom podcast. Please come back and listen to our next episode.